Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy, my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff. Text me 949-415-6256. Please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research. It's been selling really well, getting very well received by the community. Thank you guys so much for that. Also check out the YouTube member page. Join this channel to get perks. That's my YouTube uh, membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusively. It's a Zoom call every month with other YouTube members. Uh, You also get weekly videos exclusive to the YouTube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences. So check that out. Really means a lot to me. And thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show. Guru Nation, welcome back. I have Dominique Fuller a member of Guru Nation. He's a very versatile person in this space, okay, in clinical research. He got started. He says, watching the video, he says, because of my videos, he got his first CRA job. This is, let's start with that, Dominique. First of all, thank you so much for coming on. We'll start with that because there's a lot of newbies watching and they're nervous, okay? They're nervous. They're like, Dan, I had a question yesterday. I have an oncology CRA interview, but I'm nervous because I don't have any experience as an oncology CRA. And when I dug deeper, they're an oncology CRC for like seven years. I'm like, what yeah. are you nervous about? Like they know yeah. you're not a CRA. Like what, what are you nervous? Almost to the point where they don't want to do the interview. Oh, Jesus. I know. Yeah. What advice do you have for these kind of people? Well, I'll start off by saying thank you very much for having me there. Uh, thank you, Dominic. Extremely exciting being here. Um, it's as though everything is coming full circle, uh, just having a chance to talk to uh, Dan Sarah. So, you know, I'm a big fan. <laughs> thank <laughs> and again, you. Thank you for having me. This is going to be um, a classic. Yeah, man. Um, so uh, for me personally, I actually graduated with like a finance degree uh, from Morehouse College down here in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, when I graduated, it was around the time of the credit crisis. And so I got a couple of jobs in, in the banking industry. I worked for Bank of America, uh, SunTrust, uh, GE Capital. Um, I've been a credit analyst, underwriter, loan officer. Um, so I've done a few things in the bank, wasn't loving it. Um, my career wasn't growing the way I wanted it to grow. Uh, my salary wasn't showing the numbers that I wanted to see. Um, and I just really didn't see uh, that ladder of advancement um, or the opportunities that are available to you in research. Um, so I was talking to a good friend of mine that I go to more or I went to Morehouse with and just kind of telling him like, hey, you know, this isn't what I thought it would be. It's not working out. 
And he was like, hey, uh, well, we have a startup site here in Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, you know, if you're interested, you can come and do a little, you know, interning and uh, work with us a little bit. What a um, nice so friend. That's a nice friend right there, Dominique. I, I had never heard of clinical research before that moment. Right. See, Didn't this even know is what I was. tell people. This is what I tell people about. If you're doing everyone around you in your sphere of influence a service by getting into the space and learning more about it, not to mention patients, the patient fallout in a positive way. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. But yeah, go, uh, go ahead, Dominic. Yeah. Um, so when I started working there, um, because it was a startup, uh, similar to what I'm doing now with Complete Clinical, it was very um, unorthodox, uh, I, I would say, right? There wasn't really much um, of a formal training. Uh, so a lot of my training was on the job training, uh, shadowing, um, and just kind of uh, learning on the job, uh, learning by fire. Um, so with that, uh, he gave me your website as well, which was ClinOps. Dang. Is that it? What was it? ClinOps.com. Is that it? Or yeah, there was another that's one? my okay, website. Clinical trials. Yeah, so, ClinOps. Yeah, so I'm to... not sure. I heard of ClinOps, but it's not ringing about like where it's. I, but I know of that. Uh, there's a website like that too. It was a ton of your videos there, right? Like yes. answer. This friend, and, I'm uh, liking this friend. Where is he? Yeah, he's uh, he's here in Atlanta as well. Um, yeah, I told him I was doing the podcast today. He thought it was pretty awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. So um. So yeah. So started looking at your videos. Uh, getting a better understanding of the research industry, uh, getting a better understanding of what's expected at a RMV, uh, SIV, PSV, COV, uh, your videos, you literally lay it out. So uh, just taking in some of that information. And then um, we started to actually monitor, in a way, other sites here in Atlanta, uh, where um, I was more so doing like in-house monitoring, uh, where I would do like a pre-check before they would have an actual visit, right? Right, right. And so um, that's kind of how I got my monitoring experience. Um, so I did that for a couple of years. Um, they started to pay me. I left the banking industry. Um, but it was very unstable being that it was a startup situation. And I was just looking to get more formal education and looking to um, expand what it was that I had learned. Um, so again, using my experience on the job, using my experience uh, or my education from Dan Sarah, um, I did... I started to interview for larger companies. Um, I did three interviews and I landed a job with Senios, uh, Senios Health, um, which was a great experience. I worked there for about four and a half years. Um, during my tenure there, I became a certified CRA through the ACRP. Um, and it was a much more formal type of training as well uh, within Senios. Um, so that was my first big CRA gig. Uh, from there, I actually worked on Operation Warp Speed with Icon GPHS. Wow. Um, I, yeah, that was cool. Uh, that was different. Um, so we worked on the, the Novavax trial. I'm not sure if I'm even able to say all that. Yeah. But, um, no, everybody knows Novavax. That's, uh, I, did a, I actually featured them on my stock series. It's actually one of the better stocks, better performing stocks over the last two years for most yeah. of the biotech. That's an amazing company. Outside of Moderna, which I'm so upset I didn't invest in. I saw it at $70 and then it went up to like $470. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of opportunities still in that space. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I worked at Operation Warp Speed. I did that for like six months. Uh, being there was like a mega trial. Uh, we were enrolling 30,000 patients. Um, it was a goal of 300 patients per site over 100 sites across America. Wow. Um, it was just, it was huge. How right? many sites uh, did you have to monitor from that? Two. I had one here in Atlanta <laughs> and one in New York. That's not that yeah. bad, but because there's so many patients. 600 patients. Yeah. Wow. 600 patients for your sites? My two sites. The goal was 300 and I had high enrollers. I had one here wow. in Atlanta uh, that's very popular. Um, I won't say their name. And then I had another one that was in Rochester, New York, and they both killed their goal. I want to say they were over 300 by the time um, I left. Were you guys doing um, 100% source data verification? Um, no, no, there weren't like a ton of data points. And a lot of it was source data review versus SDV. Yep. Uh, but, you know, you're still looking at it. But um, that's harder. Yeah, <laughs> that's harder. Everybody right. says that's not, you know, that's SDR is way harder than SDV. I mean, I always tell people like they ask, why are CRAs paid so much when all you got to do is look at blood pressure if it matches source and EDC? I'm like, yeah, that's SDV. Any like high school, junior high can do that. But SDR, right. how it integrates with the protocol, GCP, site SOPs, all the little nuances. That's where you need the experience. It's not the SDV guys right they think right. it's so it's, easy being a CRA it's definitely not it's <laughs> definitely not um it's a lot of hours into being a CRA right um so a lot of days I wake up I get started at 8 8 30 and I'm not done until like 10 o'clock at night wow. and that's on a good day from the house um on the days when I'm traveling them on the road uh they can be even longer uh oftentimes I'm working until midnight uh wow not complaining you know um but yeah. Um, and then, you know, as you climb the ranks of CRA, so uh, I'm a senior CRA too now. Uh, and, congrats. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I'm kind of, I've kind of maxed out the CRA role at this point. Um, there really isn't much more I can do as a CRA than being a senior CRA too. Um, how long, so my next how role, long did it take you to be senior CRA from, um, you know, from when you got in to become a senior CRA? maybe like six years. Six okay. Years. That's pretty yeah. fast, man. That's, I, I want to say that's on the like low end of um, what's normal for mm -hmm. senior CRA. That's good. How did you, do you think the pandemic helped you out? You know, Absolutely. because it just created the opportunities. Absolutely. Um, so definitely the pandemic helped. Um, also, I think it's my, my hunger for extracurriculars within the field. Um, so like I said, I became a certified CRA. Um, I did that like in 2017, I like to say. Okay. So I've been certified for like four years at this point. Um, also, I usually compete in the uh, Pharma Trial Researcher of the Year. Uh, companies love that, actually. Wait, what do you do? So, say that again. Do you compete for mm -hmm. Pharma Trial Researcher of the Year? Wow. Um, how do you do that? How do you enter into this? Everyone can. Um, so really? a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times, like the major CRAs, they'll um, they'll actually our CROs, uh, they'll actually ask you to do it. And pharma so, trials researcher every year. This some look, guys. You learn something new every day. <laughs> this is my thing for the day, and this is amazing. How I have not heard of this clinical researcher of the year, pharma times. Okay. Pharma times. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. 
So by doing that, uh, that actually gives you a lot of visibility um, because every major CRA par CRO participates in that. And so even uh, when I left Cineos for Icon GPHS, uh, the lady who was running the, the trial, um, she actually was also a judge for ah. the uh, researcher of the year. Um, so they usually, usually every major CRO sends out a couple of representatives to judge. Um, so Wait, gives so you, a lot you, of you won this thing? No, no. I, I made it through to the second round twice. Okay, I was um, going to say, because I should have introduced you starting with that from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so there's judges. I mean, this is insane. I'm. This is uh, brand new to me. But just the fact that you participate and get to know the judges, that's, mm -hmm. you're saying that helped you like as far as networking. Yeah, or even when I'm, I'm talking about it in the interview process, because I think that it, it often lets them know that, hey, this guy is going above and beyond because you have to do that on the side of your role. Like they're, they're not giving you time to work on that. So, you mm -hmm. know, in my spare time, I'm doing research or I'm discussing research. And the way it works is like round one is like a multiple choice questionnaire. Um, so you do like multiple choice and okay. you have to make like 80% or better to make it to the second round. Um, round two is you write, uh, I think it's you respond to like three questions and you do it in essay form. And then round three is when you fly to, I believe it's uh, RDU, the Raleigh-Durham area. And um, you go there and you sit in front of a panel and you compete. Uh, you could do it in a team fashion <laughs> or you could do it as an individual. Wow. Mm -hmm. and so, <laughs> what kind of competition is it? Who can find more deviations fast, fastest? Yeah, or who can uh, explain like GCP uh, requirements in simplest form and wow. you know, things of that nature. Open yeah, for everybody, guys. Pharma Times, <laughs> Clinical Researcher of the Year. I'm looking at it right now. Open for entry. Mm -hmm. It's open. You have to uh wow so your your employer is like very happy you did this and you uh absolutely were... and uh, if you make it into the third round like you get additional pto you might get a bonus it's just really it but yeah it looks really good for the cro as well what a good business idea by pharma times salute mm -hmm. to you guys okay well that's brand new that's more for a guru nation to learn too because anybody literally anyone can apply for this and be in the contest yep exactly um, so, yeah, I, I would say a combination of that. Um, and like I said, just you don't need the ACRP, uh, CCRA or the SOCRA. Uh, you don't need either one of those to be um, a senior or to get roles in the industry. Uh, but it kind of gives you like that stamp of approval where, OK, this guy knows what's happening. And at this point, uh, most of my interviews aren't really even interviews. They're more so conversations and in a way, me interviewing the company. Um, so, yeah, things have definitely uh, changed these days. Of course. I remember when you, you know, you were talking about the Great Recession in 08, financial crisis, and I was a site owner then. And I remember that happened. We lost like 90% of our studies overnight. And the CRAs that worked for those studies instantly laid off. Mm -hmm. And few weeks later, they were asking me for recommendations on LinkedIn because they were trying to find new new work, right? And it just wasn't the work. And we're seeing the complete opposite of that now. We're seeing companies can't hire enough, like fast enough. 
recruiters are so aggressive um just by having a linkedin profile like i get like three or four recruiters reaching out like on a weekly basis and <laughs> they're aggressive like hey you didn't respond I'm like oh my god i didn't have time i don't know you <laughs> like, yeah i love like, those ones hey looks like my emails are going ignored let me email you again it's like i'm not gonna reply what makes you think i'm gonna reply again i didn't reply the first time um yeah, literally they are spam. aggressive <laughs> like, literally spam so what's next? I mean, six years, you've been in this industry like six years, six, seven years. Yeah. Like seven, eight. Okay. Yeah. Seven, eight. So what's next for yeah. you? Because you're becoming a generalist very quickly. So what's next? Yeah. Like, I mean, um, I know you, I know you little. So uh, Dominique was uh, part of our site owner Academy back in the day. He's always been, you know, thinking ahead, you know, how planning for his future, but what's next? Like for you, honestly, um, there's a couple of ways that this thing could go for me. Um, so I'm considering taking a contract role. Um, that way, you know, I'm more so paid hourly. Um, I hear there's a lot more flexibility, um, a lot more work-life balance. Um, so I'm considering that route. Um, another route that I'm considering is just kind of staying where I'm at and elevating to a CTM role. Um, I believe mm. that that is in my near future. Um, I have great rapport uh, with my sites, uh, with my LM, with my lead CRA. And I think that those relationships and the fact that I'm very clear in my objectives are going to help me to make it to that CTM role sooner than later. Um, and then the, the third route and the route that I'm most hopeful for, but it makes me the most nervous uh, would be the route of site ownership. Why does um, it make you most nervous? Well, as you stated, like I've done the site owner academy before, which is great, by the way. Um, it's a lot of helpful information in there. Um, you really break down that process in a, in a great, great way um, from where to go get my Gadufa certification. Like I would have had no idea. <laughs> and then you talk to some people about a good dude, they don't, they don't know what that is. Like, right. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, or even how to get my CLIA waiver, uh, you know, you're directing us to that and things of that nature. So you were extremely helpful the first round, uh, with my attempt, but it's like, I put so much sweat equity into starting up the site the first time. And then yeah. it kind of just fell apart, uh, in a large, large because of the pandemic. Um, and then largely because, you know, like everything that I was doing was relying on my PI at the time to help me through the process and I never even gained access to her EMR. Um, she didn't want to give you access or what was the issue? She was saying that originally it was just a lot of back and forth regarding that. And I don't know if I ever got a clear answer. Um, mm. She was saying at one moment that her site manager wanted to discuss it with me in more detail before I had access. And then in another breath, she said that, oh, I just don't have the patients when originally she was telling me she had like 4,000 patients. Um, and she wanted to outsource us recruiting patients from other sites and things. Like that. And I'm like, that's not the business model. Um, so, mm. and a lot of that came, I, I sunk like $1,800 into her site between computers. I bought her a new scale. I changed her storage closet into a IP closet. I put in like a, a, a um, electrical plug in there and a fridge in there. I bought a, a minus 20 freezer. And then I spent hours like clearing out her 
back of her office where it was just like, I have pictures. It was just crazy. And then I, I cleared it out though. And it looked great back in it was pretty, right? But it took <laughs> so many hours and so much time. And then at the end of that, just for, you know, never received the first study, never received any sort of payment. And the investment that I made, it was just basically lost, you know? Is um, the relationship still there or have you yeah. guys moved on? Yeah, um, it kind of just faded away with the pandemic because uh, it was a lot of, oh, we'll follow up on this date, we'll follow up, and then we'll sit down, we'll have lunch, we'll talk about things. Uh, but it never made any progress. And eventually we just kind of stopped reaching out to each other. So I don't think the relationship is dead per se. Um, it's just not thriving. Yeah. Uh, it's tough, you know, to be the, the P. I have no way you're talking about. I'm actually in the middle of doing that right now with a PI I'm in the process of cleaning out his attic, whereas I'm going to be working for the time being. And, um, I just bought a negative 20. I got all his equipment calibrated, paid for all that. Um, but I, I've asked them like four times, you know, if I'll get access to EMRs and each time they said, yeah, no problem. So I think I'm okay there. Um, but you never know until you actually get access, but even that for the people watching, even if you did get access, all right, that's still just the beginning because, right. well, okay, you got access. Great. What's the process now? You know, and at the place I'm starting my new site here in Yuma, there's like seven providers. So it's not just my PI. It's seven providers working for him, but they're all independently billing for themselves too. So they pay him like a percentage for letting them use his MAs and all that. But it's like their own business within his business. That's the model. Right. So let's say I get the EMR. I look it up. I find a patient. There's seven providers. Chances are it's not going to be one of his patients. So right. now I got to go talk to the provider. There's always like little strategy nuances. People think it's so easy. Oh, you get access to EMR. Okay. You get patients rolling in. Not how it works. Right. right. That's not, it's just the beginning. Even if I talk to one of the providers and they say, okay, I say, look, your patient that's coming in next week at this time, they potentially qualify. Can you ask them if they want to do the study? Well, now they're going to ask me about the studies. Now I got to educate them and now mm -hmm. I got to remind them. And there's always little things people don't think about. There's, you know, at the place I'm going to be working at every provider has their own medical assistant. I think this is my strategy and I'm telling you guys live here on the channel. Every provider has their own MA. Those M always just the same mm. MA for that provider. So I think it's going to be easier for me when I identify a patient to find out who's the MA for that patient, because it's always going to be the same one and talk to them and work out a deal with them. And then the providers, you know, they're going to remind the provider, Hey, this patient actually qualifies. I'll still probably have to educate the provider anyways, but all this to show you guys that it's tough, but once yeah. you figure it out, Dominique, Oh man. Oh man. I'm yeah. telling you, this is like, it snowballs. It snowballs into a really good profit. If you do it right. And you're able to do it consistently. Yeah. And I, I even remember that from a lot of the other uh, students from the class, like they were doing well. And so um, I, that's that's been a lot of the reason why I haven't given up, just knowing that I do have peers uh, through the Guru Nation 
that actually are doing well. And so now it's just that didn't work out for me. It was very discouraging uh, just because of how much work and effort I put into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just time to get back on the horse and I'm going to try it again. You know. So you have three options <laughs> and you're young too. I mean, you're, you're just getting started. So even if, you know, you pick one and it doesn't work, like you're still early in your career where you can still do anything you want. You can name any job uh, that, that you want, basically. I mean, even CTM at this point. There's so many studies out there. They'd love to have you as a CTM. So, yeah, I could see the predicament you're in because you're doing so well in your monitoring career. And we've had students in our program that have been CRAs while they've been site owners. And there comes a point in time where they got to choose one because you can't do both well for the long term, right? It's a short term thing. You can burn, burn. Uh, the candle on both ends, but eventually you got to pick one. And right. I think, I think you're going to come to that realization at some point, but I mean, you haven't really started the site yet. You're just exploring the different ways you can go about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been eye opening. I learned a lot. Um, I've learned a lot through experience. I've learned a lot through you. Um, so, you know, I'll just keep plugging away at it. Um, like we have, we're doing well. Uh, like on I, on social media, we have a strong IG page. Uh, we have a strong Facebook page. You do. Uh, the website looks diff- decent. Um, right, so I got to see. Well. What's, what's the IG? Let me, let's tell people right now. Uh, complete clinical research. Complete, complete clinical research. Complete clinical research. research. Let's, that's yeah. Dominique's site. Ah, oh, here we go. All right, I'm I'm gonna follow. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't realize you had this one. Okay, good. So, so any more potential PIs for for your site? Um, so I had I followed the strategy of reaching out on LinkedIn, and I had some response uh, of two PIs that I want to follow up with. I just haven't as of yet. Uh, so two additional uh, potential PIs. And uh, this time I'm just going to search until I find the right partner. Yeah. You're in Atlanta, right? Like the heart of Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Like 15 minutes north. It's kind of becoming competitive for sites. I'm sure you're seeing that. Um, Absolutely. I wonder what, I'm not too familiar with Atlanta, but if you go like outside the city somewhere like rural, more Mm -hmm. rural, I think. I don't know. You might, that's generally seems to be the strategy. That's what we did in, in LA. We went to San Bernardino, which is like inland, inland empire. And there wasn't as much competition. Um, okay. And then here in Yuma, I'm pretty rural. Like there's no other sites other than me right now. So that might be something, but then you'll have to commute, you know, you, you'll have to commute mm-hmm. a little further, like an hour out of town and knowing Atlanta traffic, that's like two hours out of right. town more <laughs> more likely than not um yeah a lot of opportunities though i think there's a way to do it um but as of right now you're still doing senior cra and that's that's the plan yeah yeah that's the that's that's the that's what's putting food on the table right now so yeah. that's the plan for now um but i'm i'm stable enough to take that leap of faith uh so eventually I do intend to 
go full in on the site ownership um if that's the route that i decide to take but um i wonder if they will because they're so desperate right now for staff i wonder if they would let you be like a part-time while you do this i've considered that i've considered that um i know that as a contract cra they do offer that yes so that's yes something i'm definitely keeping in mind just to you know keep some cash flow as you know we're starting out being that i don't expect to make money for at least three to six months so at, at yeah. a minimum so. more like nine to twelve <laughs> okay more like nine to twelve okay. i mean yeah three to three months you probably get your first study um but that's a, after you found your pi um unless you want to go back to the pi that that you had um yeah you're probably three months once you find your pi you're three months out from getting a study once you get a study you're like a month to two months from the siv so that's already five months so let's call it six when you start seeing patients and that's three months after that you start getting paid that's the way i've seen it so just to help you on the cash flow, but you got options, man. I think yeah. you're in a great place. And I think a lot of people are going to be looking up to you because we know they don't really talk about it, but there's a lot of CRAs that want to open their own sites too. And, um, you know, they're going to be, and they have done in the past. I mean, you've seen it from the site owner Academy, you know, people yeah. who, have, who have moved on and one guy already sold his clinic and is going to another market to do it. Really? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I got to interview him. Uh, he's, uh, I don't know. I, we got to get, I, I'm not going to call him out on the show, but he knows who he is. So we got to get is you it my guy in Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I already know. Okay. Yep. That's yep. cool. I didn't know that. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. There was some, it wasn't like a true sale. Like it was not something that he necessarily wanted, but I think it happened. And then now he's moved on to another market but doing very well. I think a lot of the sites, just like the CRAs that have been doing well, you know, because of the pandemic, the sites too, it's honestly never been easier to get studies than it is right now. I can believe that. I can believe that. They even almost don't even care. Like some of these studies don't even care if the PI doesn't have experience, as long as he has patience or she Mm -hmm. has patience and has a coordinator that knows what they're doing. Like that's enough. That's how I got my first two studies. The PI has zero experience, but they gave us the studies because I'm the coordinator. Got it. And, and that's something I'm going to have to start learning how to do again is coordinating because I haven't actually done that for like 10 years. Got it. Okay. So that, that'll be the, uh, the flow of things. Do back you do, in uh, the trenches. Back. I'm going to actually drive patients again because they have Uber here, but it takes so long. By the time the Uber comes, I can just do it myself. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Um, Speaking of, so, you know, that was actually my route as well. So um, I actually went and got certified as a phlebotomist uh, to ah, be a good. study coordinator. Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting decision. That was an interesting <laughs> decision. <laughs> like, uh, so I've stuck like, a, I've stuck quite a few people and I got stuck like 50 times to go through the class, but it was cool. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm relatively confident that I could be my own coordinator. I want to get a little more experience through uh, drawing blood through like the Red Cross. Uh, yeah. but relatively confident that I could do it. Oh, uh, that's necessary. good, man. I used to do that too, but I have, we have in the practice I'm in, there's plenty of MAs. So they've already said they can draw blood. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I've done that in the past too. I think most of my time is going to be spent like coordinating the visits, making sure they're actually coming, picking patients up, getting dry eyes, keeping the patients entertained, bringing them food. I don't know. Putting them on podcasts. Yeah. Regulatory. Yeah. We're using, um, we switched to Creo. So we're, I have to set that all up now. E-source, E-reg. I'm familiar with Creo. Yeah. yeah. Have you used it? You, uh, yeah. Oh, as a uh, CRA, sites, you've used it, right? Yeah, one of my sites uses Creo. A couple of my sites actually use Creo. What do you think one as a CRA in. with Creo? It's excellent. Um, it's excellent because the visits are organized well, and they usually flow like how you would expect paper source to flow. Um, I like it. And then like uh, it has a section where they upload the documents that like lab results are EKGs, and they upload those, and it works out well. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about it too. It gives you the option to like, okay, you can still have paper, just you can upload it, you know, like a note to file. If you don't have time to log in, you just really quick, jot something down, upload it to the system. Now it's part of the e-source too. So that's pretty cool. Um, And it allows for remote monitoring in today's time. Like, you know, so if absolutely necessary, I can log into Creo with their permission uh, remotely. And, you know, sponsors love that in today's time because, Everywhere that I monitor it, uh, we always are looking for a contingency plan at this point. So yeah. if there's another global shutdown. Um, Man, don't scare plan? us, Dominic. Don't scare us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Back to monitoring. What are, are you doing more remote monitoring or are you doing more the, just the traditional onsite? I hate remote monitoring. So Why? I do. Why? It's so hard. It's so much harder. Like, right. People it's don't so understand that. To... People don't understand why. Because, like, what is it that makes it harder? It's a lot harder to do like a ISF review uh, if I'm doing it remotely because, you know, you can click, but the computer has to think from page to page. Whereas if you're doing paper, you're just flipping or with source and uh, them uploading redacted source and things of that nature. Um, if you're doing it, remotely uh you may be missing something and you have to contact the site to upload and they'll upload it when they're ready you know and uh so it's just a lot more difficult and time consuming to do remote monitoring and then as a monitor typically if you're working for like one of these major cro's they don't even give you a full day credit for doing remote monitoring Uh, really yeah you get a full day if you're on site you get half a day if you're doing it remotely that's nonsense what yeah. So if you're doing like eight to 10 days on site, then, and they're all remote, then that's really more so like 16 to 20. And a lot of times that means with at least 16 or so reports. And so. So you're getting half more. the credit for like double the work, basically. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. you don't have to travel. Yeah. Which is cool. Right. You get more time at home. Right? Which, what uh, would you rather have less travel or zero travel, but harder monitoring or traveling, but easier monitoring? And full day credit. I would rather travel and get my credit. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather travel. Yeah. Um, I love the points, love the programs, right? Like that's like the fringe benefit of being a monitor, right? So, you know, um, free vacation whenever you get time to do it. But, you know, so I love that. And then um, I love the fact that, you know, it is, again, less work, you know? Yeah. Um, so when you're traveling, you're not necessarily expected to be typing and whatnot. So, Right. Yeah. 
are your studies winding down right now or are you about to be put on new studies or what, what are you currently doing? It seems like study startup never ends anymore, right? Um, because we're constantly adding on new sites to every study that I'm on. And so like I have one study where we were expecting the um, enrollment to close in Q4. Uh, but here it is, we're in Q4, and we're actually adding on additional sites. So we're still doing PSVs, we're still doing SIVs, and we're adding on these additional sites, and we're pushing back our our uh, end of enrollment based on the fact that we haven't met our goal yet. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it seems like that's happening a great deal. And I work a lot in rare diseases, uh, so it seems like that just happens a great deal for me where study startup just continues to go on forever. Let's Let's pretend that you never wanted to start a site because some people out there watching, they have no interest in that, but they're interested in your career. That's why I say Dominic's the best of both the world, guys. He's got, (laughs) you can, he's a versatile. He can go either way. Let's say you never want to be a site owner. So from where you are right now, senior CRA, how easy would it be for you to be a CTM within the next 12 months? It's going to happen. Like no problem. No problem. It's going to happen. I, that is going to happen. Yeah. And so it'll how, be that easy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what people I think don't understand because they're afraid. So your early story of how you got started, where your friend brought you in and it was somewhat chaotic baptism by fire. I got an email from a coordinator the other day, brand new coordinator wor- working at a site. She's asking if she should leave. She's like, should I bail? This site is so disorganized. Um, they don't have any onboarding. And I'm like, what do you expect? You're not going to work for UCLA. You know, you're going to work for like some guy or gal who owns a site and it's like their fifth priority. So right. I said, instead of bailing, why don't you take the initiative and create what you want to see? Like, right. they're not going to stop you if they don't have anything going on. They're not going to tell you, oh, no, you can't do that. You're complaining that nobody tells you what to do. So do something, make it happen. Yeah, you're going to have to learn more, but you mm-hmm. who cares if you don't like that company? So what? Use it as your springboard to go on to the next because like you see from Dominic, it happens fast. He can fast. be a, he could be a CTM no problem right now, only 8 years later. Mhm. Mhm. And that's 8 years from the start. Uh but again, you know, I started with uh Semios in 16 and I didn't start monitoring uh even within the the startup company until 14 Mm. so yeah that's like what seven years and then six years with major CROs so yeah you know and it seems like a blink of an eye it's hard to believe that so much time has passed so quickly yep yeah I think for you because that you're you're an entrepreneur like I think side ownership is should be intriguing I think I I don't know. Maybe I would do CTM first to see how you like that. Mm-hmm. Develop relationships with doctors, but don't feel rushed. You're in the perfect situation because you're not stressed out for over money, right? Like you don't need your site to work right away. So I right. think if you treat your site as a long-term goal and just develop relationships with doctors, I think you can do both until you figure out where you're going to commit the rest of your time. That's, That's what I would idea. do. That's what I would do. Cause CTM seems like you, you want to do that. So 
try it out for a year. You know, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I just um because I have to reduce the travel somehow. Like I have a I have a 22 month old and I have a congrats. Five at this point. Congrats. Thank congrats. Thank you. And it's really them that's kind of driving me to look for other avenues to make money because CRA is cool, but we're on the road a lot. And I would much rather have a little more time at home. Uh, but it's not worth it to do, do those remote monitoring visits. So, <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're getting half credit. That's the second new thing I learned today because I've never yeah. worked for a major CRO. I do some contracting CRA here, but it's starting to wind down. Thank God. Because of yeah. my site, it's my, the same advice I give you, you know, do contract CRA while you're doing the site. But I'm glad mm-hmm. that that contract CRA is winding down because the site's going to take like more than my full time. But how do you yeah. how do you do like what advice do you have for the other people who are considering monitoring, but they have kids, you know, young kids like you obviously need a support system. You know, you mm-hmm. have your wife. I'm assuming mm-hmm. she's handles the kids while you're out. Mm-hmm. how does that work for you guys like from a practical that's really, aspect that's really all i all i have is um you know she's at home now um so uh, she's full-time with the kids um i help out when i'm home obviously i'm not you know just i'm not completely out the picture when it comes to childcare, but she does a lot of that and um i go and i do the monitoring you know um it's the best I got at the moment. I'm still trying to figure it out, but you know, I, really I think the, and I'm assuming you're talking to a line manager about all of this. Like they want to, the big CROs have been doing a good job of trying to keep their existing employees happy, like retain them. So they mm-hmm. don't, last thing they would want is to lose you to a competitor because they're more amicable to your career you know your life your life changes that everybody like you know you get family start having kids your goals become different like your priorities shift so i'm sure right. the line managers are trained in this stuff i'm assuming they're trained and kind of mentoring you on your career to stay within the company mm-hmm. but this is another example why we always need fresh blood in the industry because right. when you go move on to ctm Who's going to replace your productivity of like 600 visits that you've monitored, you know, or or 600 patients you've monitored. God knows how many visits that was. Right. Um, Somebody's got to come in. So this industry is constantly, as people like Dominic evolve, transition, become more like the leadership role, we need new people to join. So, you know, it's never too late to get in. Yeah. And turnover everywhere in this industry is just so high right now. It's a constant talking point for us where my sites, uh, their coordinators are churning like crazy uh, within the CROs. I know the monitors are churning like crazy. So it's a it's a great opportunity right now for if you don't have experience or if you're not within the industry to get involved. Um, yeah. I, I often have uh, my site coordinators ask me how the, that I can become a monitor. I just tell them just apply. And keep applying at the numbers game, right? Like, is that really your advice? Just apply? Because that's what I tell yeah. people too. And they think I'm yeah. giving them cold shoulder. No, just apply. Like, and if, <laughs> if you don't get it that time, apply again. Like, keep applying. Somebody's going to They think you. it's like a complicated formula, like theory of relativity. You know, like, okay, this, you got to do this with this square root of that. That's not how it works, guys. This is not a formula. It's you. You are the formula. What's in your head is the formula. 
and you just got to articulate that through your resume first, through your LinkedIn profile, and then verbally when they interview you. Yep. Uh, like I said, from the startup into my first major company, it was just three interviews in, just three interviews in. So I interviewed with three companies, landed the third. And like I said, like I, I was honest, I told them where I got my experience from and how my experience came into play. And I literally, only time I had to do this was the first job that I landed. Um, and I literally had to do like a mock monitoring visit on paper. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. but Yeah, uh, like, we do in the CRA Academy all the time. Okay. So yeah, like they gave me like, they sent this sheet of paper out and like, okay, well, correct was wrong. And so they had me like catching small issues that were in the example that they were giving. And I was like, okay, well, he clearly can do it. So bring him in, you know? And it was cool. It was cool. It really worked out well. Wow. Yeah, let's see. That's, um, and now you've got options, which is what everybody, uh, I mean, that's what, once you're in that position, you're, you have the leverage, you know, all the leverage is on your side. And right now, honestly, the way the, the industry is, if you're an employee or a site owner, all the leverage is in your, in your favor. It's right. all of it. There's a shortage of sites, coordinators. There's a labor shortage in our industry too, just like in the other industries. So it's never been a better time, guys. Just apply, stop being afraid and apply. Mm-hmm. Reach out mm-hmm. to Dominique uh, on LinkedIn. Or do you want people to reach out to you? Please, LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn underneath IG. the video, guys. Yep, IG, uh, however, however you want to do it. Uh, website, just however you want to reach out. We'll love it. Um, any tips or any help that you may want to offer to me in the site ownership path? Like, I'm there for it. Last time you and I had a discussion and you guys um, reached out to your network, I had like 150 coordinators apply to the role. Seriously? It was amazing. Wow. Did I not tell you that? It was crazy. I had put the job on Indeed and ZipRecruiter. Yeah. And then I told you and Chris about it. And then it just went went nuts. It was actually so <laughs> many applications. I didn't even get an opportunity to look at them all. And so, wow. and that was right around the time the, the site started to crumble. So I ended up pulling the, the role down, but I was amazed at how many applications I actually received. That amazes me. I didn't know. We got the lighter fluid, Dominique. We can yeah. spread. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. We probably could do better now. Now we have a CRC Academy. That's a new really? thing. Since you asked us this, I think it was like two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. We have a CRC Academy now. It's been around for just about two years. So now yeah. that's mature. We're pumping out coordinators. The other day, a site at one of our clients in North Carolina asked for coordinators. We had three of them that they got hired in North in Charlotte. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You're the man, I, Dad. I, okay. I know. No, that's Monica, Chris. Like, you know, I might be the face of it, but they're the ones putting in the work for this stuff. And like, they get all the credit from me because like I get involved if there's issues, but yeah, they're like the day-to-day, that's what they're doing. They're dealing with clients, students. Um, I do a little more on the CRA side for the internship, but yeah, it's a team effort, man. It's not, you know, there's no way, especially now with the site that I'm starting, we're going to need more. We're short-staffed. Everybody's short-staffed. Yeah. <laughs> what can you do? So that's awesome. Any last advice for Guru Nation? Um they all have your LinkedIn. They have your IG. What? Anything else? Maybe there's somebody just like you, Dominic, 
from eight years ago, you know, thinking about, okay, well, where do I go? They get, I get emails. People are frustrated. Like they can't get in somehow. Be honest, be confident. Confidence is key. Be confident, know what you know and and speak to it and um, control your interviews with that. Uh, Just speak to what it is that you do know and expand on it. And if they give you a, a window, make it a door, like, you know, and just like, if you ask me about SAEs, I'm going to list out every single thing I know about SAEs and I'm going to keep talking and I'm not going <laughs> to stop talking until you make me stop talking. Uh, until they tell you um, to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, you kind of, you can kind of like put the ball in your court that way. Um, if you ask me about an experience, a, a common question, question is always a bad experience that you had with either a CRC or a PI. Think about the worst situation that you had with the PI or a CRC, or even if it was in the reverse, or they just want to see that you're able to overcome objectives or overcome adversity and that you can keep a cool head and you can work well with others. Prove that and speak to that and expand on that. And that's all I have. That's perfect. That's all we need right now. This is what we could go for like two more hours if we wanted to, but I know you got to go Dominique, but Thank you so much for coming on. Everybody go to the LinkedIn, go to Dominic's LinkedIn, follow him right here. If you're in Atlanta area, get to know him especially. And uh, maybe you're a physician watching randomly and you're thinking of starting a site. Well, Dominique, he's been doing this already. So um, reach out to him. He's obviously experienced, knows what he's talking about. And uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Dominique, for coming on. And thank you, everyone, for watching and listening, and we'll catch you all later. Thanks, Dan.